everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Green Room Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. I uh, was really hoping for that over tonight. Had to get to seven. Flyers didn't really help us. The Wild took off most of the third period. That sucked. But you know what doesn't suck? Losing in regulation. I sure do love losing in regulation. Uh, it's great to not pick up two points. Uh, great to not pick up a loser point. It's just good to continue losing. Losses are wins, baby. Keep piling them on. Uh, Carter Hart has some sort of nagging injury. One can only hope they shut him down for the allow him to get healthy. And uh, let Martin Jones take these beatings. Maybe let Felix the Cat get uh, get some reps at the NHL. He looked, he looked decent in his debut. Uh, why not see if he can play a little bit? Um, other than that, what is there to say? Great Great fight from Nick Sealer. Uh, good, good little scrap from that kid. He's not an NHL defenseman, but like in the physical seventh D role, whatever. You know, I, I don't think he should be here next year. I don't think many players on this team should be here next year. Just if for nothing else than to send a message to the guys who are left after this aggressive retool off season. But uh, you know, nice little, nice little, uh, nice little tilt for Nick Sealer tonight. Uh, Morgan Frost sighting, huh? First goal since December 30th. He's got three goals on the year. Zach McEwen has two. Uh, granted, McEwen has played more games, uh, but I bet you total ice time, they're pretty close to each other. Uh, I, you know, it's just been one of those. I'm holding out hope. I guess a little bit that Morgan Frost can not be a difference maker, but at least a contributor, a player of some kind. But you would think you'd see a little more out of him. He's been better lately. He's been better since the deadline. But he just doesn't – how often does he show you anything? It's it's rare. It's – man – you really, it, it was another, not quite Colorado, because hell, man, like Colorado makes everybody look bad. But watching the first two periods of this game, like Minnesota is very good, but they are not one of the elite teams in this league. They're that next step down. They could definitely have a playoff run. They could definitely, you know, have an upset if their goalie plays well or Kaprizov just goes God mode for a little bit. But they're not that upper echelon of team. Um, you know who I'm talking about, Calgary, Colorado, Tampa, Florida, Carolina. The first two periods of this game, they made us look like we weren't even there. It was a joke for a lot of the time, uh, right off the bat. I mean, they had the scoring chance, like what, two seconds into the game or whatever. And it was just when they wanted to, they could skate around the flyers. They could uh, make plays around the flyers, pass around them in the offensive zone, get through the neutral zone at will. And it just, okay. I'll, uh, before we get to the calls, that's, that's what I'm leading to with this. I, I teased on Twitter that I would uh, unveil the perfect analogy for how the Flyers can have success this offseason, given that Chuck Fletcher isn't necessarily all that creative. Uh, he isn't all that good at the job when it's just a straightforward thing. And th- since it's not that, like, he's got to be more than just like, okay, we signed it. Like, no, you're going to have to make some trades. You're going to have to bring in pieces to ship back out and other trades. You're going to have to move things around. Like, considering this is going to be very difficult for Chuck Fletcher, the odds of him landing it are like, when I'm drunk, 
I really like to slide down railings. And it's a really fucking bad idea. But every now and then I get all the way down and land on my feet. I would say those are the odds of Chuck Fletcher nailing this offseason. The same as me, drunk as shit, uh, sliding down the railing, going uh, to the Broad Street line. That's that's basically it. Uh, it. I just thought of that the other day, and it made me laugh. All right, let's get to the callers. Let's lead it off with Harris Barnes. Harris, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, how are you doing? How you doing tonight, Harris? Uh, well, so I didn't watch that much of the game because there were better games on, and I looked yeah. at the score. Like I, I tuned in at, at the start, and I'm like, okay, like the Wild are dominating. Like there's better games on, so I didn't watch that much of the game. Um, good to see Frost get a goal, right? Yeah, good for him. Um, you know, like you look at his draft year stats, and um, you look at which where he played. Which former Flyer does Morgan Frost profile a lot like? Played for the same junior team, drafted by the Flyers. Can, if you can guess, I'll be very impressed. Uh, He's a more dynamic version of this guy, but like the, the the draft year stats profile very similar. Trying to well, is it Jason Ackerson? No, but it's, it's another former <laughs> Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound. Uh, I I have no idea, Harris. Nick Cousins. Oh God. Like so <laughs> so so Morgan Frost did have a much better draft plus one year. Um, but so Nick Cousins career high in points is 27. Can Morgan Frost and the fan base, I think got inflated expectations of like what Morgan Frost like could be, but if Morgan Frost can be a 40 to 50 point player, uh, season, and if he, if he can ever get there, but for that to happen, he needs to be on the line with one finisher because Morgan Frost is a setup man. Yeah. You, you look at yeah. his stats from junior and like how he plays, like, he needs a guy on his line who can just put the goals in. And whether that's Tyson Forrester, Bobby Brink, and I don't even know if Bobby Brink's going to be a finisher, um, but, like, a someone who just shoots the puck. Sa- uh, Samu uh, Tuamala, or Tuamala, however you pronounce his name. Like, just he needs a finisher on his line, and he might – but can he even be a second-line guy? I'm, I'm just kind of wondering at this point because he has – My six- God. Yeah. If he were to end up being a 40, 45-point guy contributing on a second line, that would be, like, I'm hoping he can play in the league at this point. Like, he just doesn't he doesn't seem to flash much at all. Uh, like, I know he's got puck skill, but he doesn't seem to be able to, like, do it while moving. Yeah, it, there's just so little there, and you're right about the setup stuff. Like, watch his shot. His goals are going to come, like, tonight, second-chance opportunities, uh, maybe some breakaways, stuff like that. But he's not going to consistently beat goalies with that shot he has. Uh, he's going to need to be a setup guy. Maybe him and Owen Tippett could be a, a good combination next year on a third line. But uh, 40, 45, 50 points, if he's able to get to that, that would be that's like double what we're what we're seeing out of him right now. Yeah, and it's uh, he's he's just not a he's not going to be a physical player, but he also does need to like sort of reinvent parts of his game to adapt to like where he's at. And he's like, okay, may, maybe I'm not going to be the player I thought I would be. He has to add different parts of his game and just improve in the off season because he has ten points in forty games, and I know he's had issues with injury. Um, but whoever the next coach is going to be and the whole management staff has to figure out where he fits in or, or is he just going to get dealt? And he was just a uh, first round pick who was taken about 20 spots too high. Like what happened at the time? 
Yeah, uh, I think the most likely scenario, and you never know because someone has to play. They're going to have to fill these roster spots, and he's, like, got NHL experience and coaches like that. But, you know, I I kind of expect him to be included in a trade package. Like, oh, here's here's a guy we took in the first round. There's just an extra piece in a trade package with some 2023 picks and JVR to, you know, shed the JVR salary and bring us in something halfway decent, maybe. And also, I saw that um, Jay O'Brien, he's going back to BU for his uh, senior season. Do you think he's just going to walk to UFA after? Like, he could walk to UFA now and just sign with anyone because he's four years removed from his draft year. Do you think he's just going to walk to UFA or they're going to trade his rights? Because, like, he's just not going to be an impact player for this team, most likely. There's too many guys in front of him. There are. uh, I guess, you know, he could make a late push here, but it seemed like – it seemed like during that Bobby Clark podcast appearance interview, whatever he did, like without mentioning Jay O'Brien, it kind of was like he was talking about him a little bit. Cause if you look at Hextall's, uh, you know, um, uh, draft resume, like, yeah, uh, German Rusov, pretty bad, but like he was talking about the German, he was talking about Jay O'Brien, like first round picks who aren't going to be anything for this team. And I like, it just seems like that relationship's already dead. Like it's not even going to be, Oh, let's see if he signs. Like I bet you he just walks. Yeah. And it's uh, another first round pick that uh, at the, at the time I knew like just watching that draft and like, that doesn't look good. Like you'd really have to pop off for it to be worth it. And obviously he was terrible transferred and, and blah, blah, blah. But um, that's something someone, and I don't know if you want to revisit everything, but like you guys can talk about Jay O'Brien a little bit and Morgan Frost on, on the pod. I don't know if you guys are recorded, but. Uh, I believe we're going to do it Thursday, but thanks a lot, Harris. And yeah, it's like, there are so many, like, I, I don't even want to go back and look at the players taken after Jay O'Brien, but it's just like, there's so many examples of assets that could be contributors on this team, whether, you could have just got something, anything for that pick. It's a first-round pick on draft day. Like, I bet you you get an NHL player for that. Jay O'Brien doesn't look like he's ever going to be that. Uh, it's just they've just wasted so much time these last few years, so many wasted assets, so much wasted time. And, you know, the first-round pick for Ristolainen, a second-round pick to get rid of Ghost. Like, man, these are things that could be – useful for us now uh and it just no no we got to recover assets and we're not going to do it so it's just gonna they have to do so much this offseason like i said it's the equivalent of sliding down a railing drunk and hoping to land on their feet at the bottom and like the they've greased the pole for themselves basically uh warren brody warren you're live on the post game good evening i just want to uh Thank JVR and Jones for uh, Marty Jones for supporting the tank tonight. Uh, <laughs> Jones uh, spent the night on his knees and the puck was going over his shoulder into the net all night. And uh, that special that to go from the corner was extra special. And JVR that was, was it, I mean, that was insane. <laughs> JVR, JVR is extra, just done. Extra special uh, passing to the wrong team. 
Yeah, it so, was it the first goal, the JVR turnover, maybe it was the second, yeah. I can't remember, but just an all-around team effort in the first two periods. Like, yeah. There was the uh, the Kaprizov goal that got waved off that shouldn't have been, honestly. Sandheim has his back to the play and is driving the skater, driving the wild forward into Martin Jones. And so Kaprizov just rips a shot while Jones is down. I thought it should have counted, but you know nobody actually knows what goalie interference is in this league, and it was enough of a deficit that minnesota just said ah fuck it we won't challenge like just an all around they're just horrible like they're a horrible team it, it's hard to even laugh at any one player or any one play because everyone stinks yeah i mean you could you could tell some of these young guys there's something you know some of them have some talent but we just don't have you know we don't have a first line and you know everything works off the first line everything's it's sort of like when they talk about the defensive pairings uh, you know, you got to have the right people slotted in the right place. And, you know, our first line sucks. So, yeah, you know, it doesn't it exist. Just, there is no first line. There is no line. So I don't I don't know how you fix this. I mean, it's it's I, I can't <laughs> wait to see his plan because you've got to move out. I think the best thing they could do is move out as many salaries as possible. Yeah. And then go, for, I mean, and go gonna, from there. This is just a mess. They are absolutely going to have to move out salaries, but you're like, you're right about just like everything starts at the top. Like, uh, just thinking about what could be a second line next year, like Hayes centering Farabee and Atkinson. That sounds like a nice little second yeah, line, but, I, uh, but, but they I have nobody move. on the top line. Like, who but is the first be- line? Wouldn't you try to move Atkinson if you can get his cap off the? I. I guess. Yeah. I mean, what's the difference? I would try to move everybody, but I, I, like based on what their plan is going to be, I don't know how much talent you can remove from this yeah, team. But, but they've shown though that they can't win. They just can't win with these guys. I mean, they're rebuilding. I, I, I'm convinced because they're bringing just, in all these young guys. It, it's just it's a waste of time. Uh, you I know, agree. There's, it's there's a waste nothing of time, they can Warren. do. I just don't. I, they have to realize that by now. I don't. <laughs> how do you give what is he? Twenty-eight year old Rasmus Ristolainen twenty-five and a half million dollars if you're going to rebuild? Like that's yeah. that's not a rebuilding move. That was a strange move, and that tells you that Chuck Fletcher shouldn't really be here. So. Well, yeah, we all know he's he's bad at his job, and thanks a lot, Warren. Like, listen, I want them to rebuild. They're not gonna. It's just not something that's going to happen. Like, yeah, okay, they brought in Owen Tippett. He's young, but he's not that young. Like, he's of the age that guys contribute in this league, and they think he can be a nice little reclamation project for them, Uh, a cheap third-line, potentially second-line contributor for them. You know what? Owen Tippett's look good. He hasn't produced yet, but every game he does some noticeable stuff. I like what I'm seeing out of Owen Tippett. Dude's a tank. He can skate, has a nice shot. If he can just kind of put something together, get the right pieces around him, he could definitely be part of this team's future. I'm not saying a cornerstone, not saying he's going to be a difference maker, but he can be someone who's here and a good part of it. So I just, I don't see them rebuilding. It does not look like what they're going to do. It's the right path. But how often does this team do the right thing? Ever? Fucking ever? In in our lifetimes, have they done the right thing? Like, for real here. What are we talking about? Uh, Patrick Reed Miller. Patrick, you're live. Hey, Bill. How you doing? How's it going, Patrick? Well, we did it. 
We're out of the playoffs. Congratulations. It is. It's uh, it's happy elimination day. Uh, that's I wanna. I I don't have a shot here with me. Uh, Frankie, <laughs> Frankie, Thanks, if Kelly. you're listening, if you're listening, go Phillies. Uh, that's what we do at the end of every season, and here we are. The Flyers are eliminated. It is officially baseball season. And now, since Kelly's in the chat, yeah. Um, shout out to that the article about chemo that made me even more depressed. Like I just picture Claude Drew crying at the bar with Kimi saying it wasn't supposed to end like this, not like yeah, this. yeah. Ugh. And now he gets to have the at least. <laughs> God damn it, yeah, him God and Kimo just sitting there like we gave that team everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess how did uh, the Flyers? How did the Flyers get a better return for Kimo Timonen, who was like on his deathbed, two second oh my, round picks? Yeah. Than, than they got for fucking Claude. The man was with like how many blood clots in his body? Yeah, like he shouldn't have been playing. And then like, I guess I'll go with what you said. I just like you look at this team and we hear retool. Like you really think they're gonna? They're like you know what? Like, we'll give Provorov a chance to play with Ellis full-time next year, blah, blah, blah. Katori is going to be back, blah, blah, blah. And Hayes is going to be back. But it's like, I don't know. Like all, we're And all what happens like, when they get hurt again? Because this is a exactly. contact sport. Like, forget even, forget even the idea that, like, okay, let's try to – let's say Ryan Ellis isn't injury-prone. He is. But let's say he isn't. We've clearly got no depth. Are they hoping next year, because the last two years there have been a bunch of unfortunate injuries, they just get lucky? Like, is that is that what they're they're banking on? Like, oh, a positive regression for injuries. Yeah, like, wasn't last year the Murphy's Law season with injuries, but it kind of went into this year again, too? Like, ugh, something's got to give. And then I guess, lastly, I'll say, I guess uh, the new guy we signed, Ronnie Adderd, I hope he plays this weekend. Let's just let's just see what he's got. Let's just let's just see what kids we have at this point. That's that's what I'm for. Yeah, see thanks, whoever bro. we have. I hope everyone like I hope everyone plays. Thanks a lot. Uh thanks a lot there, Patrick. Um I wanna see uh I see there was talk in um there was some talk in the uh in the chat about shutting down Carter Hart. Uh I, I really wish they would. I saw the Martitas tweets too where he's like, he wants to play Warrior, it's not a shut it down sport. Um I don't care what he wants. Uh, He's an employee of the Flyers. We know that teams ultimately get to make the medical decision. Like, explain to him (laughs) that it's just not in the organization's best interest for him to play. We need him healthy next year. We need to lose games. These things are harder with Carter Hart playing. It's just like, you know, none of these guys have earned any sort of say. None of them have earned any right to be to do anything. They're all fucking horrible. You know, like, oh, no, Carter Hart will be upset. All right. Well, he's under contract, so he'll get over it or he can quit. And he hasn't he, like he's not as highly thought of as you know, Jack Eichel. So he can either quit or he can go along with the plan and be the team's full-time starter next year when there's not a joke defense in front of him. Like, look at what happened in tonight's game. They got shelled for the first 40 minutes of the game. Sanheim's pushing guys in the Martin Jones. Why do we want Carter Hart doing that at this point? Like, I, I, it, it's just absolutely asinine. It, it, it does nobody any good risking injury and just having him get in his 
fucking skull caved in uh, because he's playing behind Nick Sealer and Kevin Connaughton and all, all these bums that they have playing defense. It, it's pointless. Uh, but, you know, that's a small thing. It's something I'm going to go – I'm going nuts about right now. But ultimately, Carter Hart will be back in the lineup, and they'll continue to lose, and he'll probably get through the season healthy because, you know – He'll be okay. It's just annoying that they won't take every possible uh, every possible step to ensure that one they don't waste this horrible season and get the lowest uh, or get the best possible draft lottery odds, and two that they won't take every necessary step to make sure like if next year really is a year you're hoping to contend, like. I don't know, Carter Hart getting crashed into by Rasmus Ristolainen seems like, uh, with, you know, with 15 games left in the season, seems like a hindrance to potentially contending next year. I I don't know, just the risk-reward assessment for this franchise. Like, ultimately, you know, this is just something I'm going on about right now. Uh, It it won't really matter. Um, Do we have anyone else? Anyone else want to talk or we can wrap it up for the night? Uh, okay, let's go to Jason H. Jason H, you're live. Jason. Nope, oh, we lost Jason. Uh, 69 is with us, Mr. 60. Bill, happy Elimination Day. Happy Elimination Day, 60. It's been a long time coming. I just wanted to let you know, I mean, I took the, I guess, the past five, six post games off. Didn't really have the chance to listen to much, but um, I caught up on the plane. I was down in, actually, I was down in Austin, Texas, and... Uh, quick story here. I was at the uh, was at the golf championship thing or whatever it was, and behind me it's dead quiet on the golf course. Uh, it's a PGA event, and I hear this guy talking to another guy, and he's like, "Yeah, that guy's like third third liner. He's doing pretty good this season. He just got claimed by Anaheim. Motherfuck, dude. I'm at a golf course trying to avoid the flyers, <laughs> and some motherfucker in Texas is talking about Talk Connor about Brown, Jerry, and Jay- Jerry Hit Mayhew, and Connor Brown. I thought I was going to like kill myself at the golf course. I'm like, this is a sick fucking joke. But, <laughs> That's incredible. But, I mean, I, like you guys said, I, I don't think I, – I can't Chuck, uh, trust uh, Chuck Fletcher to handle this offseason. It's looking grim for the next three to five years, honestly, at this point, until until they make a move in the front office. It's just going to be more and more of this mediocre uh, bullshit. Yeah, I mean, that is the most likely outcome. Like I said, sometimes I get shit-faced and slide down a railing and land on my feet, and maybe they'll do that. You know, there's a chance he sticks this. It won't be because of any skill or anything. They'll just get lucky. Uh, but I, it's it's just not – looking unless some of these kids like like brink and addard are just the absolute truth like which i doubt because when was the last time we got lucky with any of our prospects um how can you have actual optimism that this plan is going to work also bill you forgot to add on top of the grease to that pole the six inches of ice that's sitting at the bottom as well (laughs) That's, but yes, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. I 100% agree. I mean, it's just honestly, it, it's such a lost cause at this point. But uh, go Phillies, and uh, I'll still uh, stick around for some of these post games for the rest of the year. Thanks again. Go Phils. Yeah. And hey, guys, we're, we're I th- thanks a lot, 60. Um, 
it's Tuesday. The Flyers are off till Saturday. Now, of course, this weekend is WrestleMania weekend. I will be doing the Saturday post game. I will be skipping the Sunday post game. Just to let you know, get it out there. They play back-to-back weekend night games, which is honestly should be illegal for a team that's been eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, all their games, even during the weekdays, should be played at like 2 in the afternoon. Uh, but goddamn, <laughs> really on WrestleMania weekend. But I will be doing Saturday's game. Uh, I will be skipping Sunday's game for WrestleMania, however. So, um you know, do with that what you will. But hey, we are we are off till Saturday. The Flyers can't ruin your day until Saturday, uh, or until you know they like do something ridiculous. But you know, trade deadlines passed, and they can only sign college players. So maybe they won't do anything ridiculous between now and Saturday. That would be pretty cool. Uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, or do we have any more? Oh, there's Jason H is back. Let's see if we can get Jason on this time. How you doing tonight, Jason? I'm here. Sorry about that. Um, You're not missing Roman Brock. Don't blame me, man. Smart man. Um, Oh, yeah. That's that was me and my buddies were deciding, do we get together Saturday or Sunday? And I was like, we got to do Roman Brock. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt. Um, So you got me thinking about ice time. So I went into HockeyReference.com, and this is what I found. Um, Going into this game, Morgan Frost, 525. Nick Sealer, 539. Kevin Hayes, 544. Sean Couturier, 591. Zach McEwen, 611. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, that's the kind of season it's been. So, I mean, I mean, I can, I can see them looking at these numbers and being like, well, based on the numbers, you know, they just haven't played together enough and we could just roll it back. And, you know, if, you know, if uh, uh, Ryan Ellis is, Ice time goes from 91 minutes to, you know, over a thousand. We should have a better year, I guess. Yeah, no, you can absolutely see the path to excuses. You can see how they could talk themselves in, especially since it's the people who came up with this plan to begin with. You can see how they can talk themselves into we got unlucky Uh, and they'll make changes and do some things. But ultimately, even if these guys are healthy, it's, they're not as good as Minnesota, let alone Colorado, you know, like, are they, are they as good as Carolina? Not even close, even with those guys. So they, they'll just have to see it up close to find out. And it'll be another couple of years before they start the inevitable rebuild. And then um, they'll still have contracts they can't get out of. So really, I think this retool is about, we don't have other options uh, because we have Couturier Hayes and Ellis all under contract. That's what I think it comes down to. Uh, and just incompetence. I brought this up before, but I'm a Pacer basketball fan. This reminds me of what they did for years. It's just getting in the, just getting in the bottom, you know, you know, willing to get in the tournament, but you know, you're not try, striving for that number one, number two seed. As long as you're, you know, just right there toward the end and, you know, enough, enough, um, ticket sales for the next year and stuff like that. At least that's what it seems like to me. Yeah. And I I mean, like, I really don't think it's, I really don't think it's um, like uh, any sort of business practice that they're proud of. I just think they don't know what they're doing. 
Like that's I, I I don't I'm not attributing it to malice. Uh, I think they would love to win the Stanley Cup. I think they know they would win more money if they went on a you know several long playoff runs. Uh, I just think they have hired a bunch of people who don't know what the fuck they're doing. You know I you know you never see the numbers out there, but I would love to know the difference money wise between a team that wins a championship one year to the team that like doesn't. Because, you know, you figure they have to up their payroll, most of them towards the end of the season with the trade deadline and stuff like that. So I'm curious if, like, you know, if they end up being in, you know, the same numbers that they're making regardless of winning in the championship or not winning the championship. If it's, that's that, if it's that simple, I mean. Yeah, I'm not sure, Jason, but what I do know, and thanks a lot, uh, I'm fairly certain – you get to keep all of your playoff money. Like that's yours. It's not, doesn't go into the league pool. It, it It's not distributed in any other way. I think you get to keep all of your playoff gate money. And that's, that's huge, especially for a team like the Flyers that owns their own building. Uh, it's not even like, you know, the city owns it or another, they split it with another. No, it's, it's theirs and they rent it to the Sixers. Like, so, um, I think that's like a major, major part of it. Uh, Harris is back. What's up, Harris? Um, yeah, I just forgot to say, uh, I've really, and I haven't paid attention to every single second, but the parts that I've seen and paid attention close to, I think York looks better and better. And I'm like a little bit more hopeful of the, the ceiling that he, he could be at at some point. I mean, the, the, he's going to get ruined to some extent by the organization of course and his like mood's going to be sour because the team's not going to be good but like I think he has a higher ceiling than I thought at the beginning of this year maybe yeah I agree I think uh and thanks a lot I think uh York is an is a fine player um he'll be a nice piece perhaps even a good second pair defenseman but outside of being in a Like, I know this is going to drive people nuts because everyone hates Matt Carl, but like if he has a super number one next to him, like a pronger, he can be in that Matt Carl role and like be in a first pair. Sure, because like his partner is fucking amazing. But overall, like just in a good top four, uh, you know, I I guess that's like his real ceiling. Um, But we'll, you know, plenty of time to discuss Cam York. Uh, He's by far. He's far from a player that I have any list of grievances with beyond the fact that he's not Cole Caulfield. And there's nothing he can do about that. He was not asked to be drafted in that position, uh, or he did not ask to be drafted in that position. And I always think back to a guy named Brandon Graham, who for the longest time, his name was Brandon, not Earl Thomas Graham. And uh, my man became a franchise legend. So can't, don't want to don't want to write off York or anything simply because of a, a bias I have for anything else. He's looked good, uh, especially for this fucking team that doesn't you know doesn't have three NHL defensemen to rub together. Basically, uh, he's he's looked good. Um, you know, with Provorov especially, uh, they had him playing a little with Ristolainen tonight. Um, if that's your third pair next year, because they add a defenseman or two, that would be fine with me. Uh, but you know. I guess we'll see how this offseason goes. All right, that's it for me tonight. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. You get these post games. You get the flagship BSH radio. I believe we're 
recording Thursday. I could be talking to recording Wednesday, Kelly, but I think we're going to record Thursday. Um, I just totally lost my train of thought there. Yeah, I'm done. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody.